right, if you would, open your Bibles to Revelation chapter 19. And when we set out with this series, uh, the idea and the goal uh, was not to try and determine how the uh, book of Revelation spoke to what was happening in the world around us, but it was really to draw out the picture that Jesus presents of himself first to John in this revelation, then to the seven churches, and then to the myriads of Christians over the centuries and to us today. And that is a picture of Christ triumphant. But before we get into this moment in Revelation 19, beginning of verse 11 of this divine moment that we've all been waiting for, Let's set the stage just a little bit more. I want to go back to Luke's gospel in chapter 7. And John the Baptist is imprisoned in that moment. And he is there because many people don't care for what he has to say. But also in this moment, Herod is upset with him. And John is concerned he awaits what ends up being his own death by beheading and he sends his disciples to Jesus and he wants them to ask a very specific question and he wants them to know he wants to know if all the things he is committing himself to are true if what if Jesus is who he said he is and what John says to Jesus and John's disciples bring to him is the question are you the one that is promised are you the coming one is what John's question is to him he wants to know is Jesus the one who is promised in Old Testament scriptures that he clung to and held on to and Jesus gives him an answer he says to his disciples to John's disciples send him this word and he shares with him several prophecies from Isaiah's writings Isaiah 23 and Isaiah 61 and it describes to John exactly that he was the coming one the promised one the one in whom John trusted and just like John when we are faced with what seems like insurmountable odds that are stacked against us it's easy to question it's easy to wonder. It's easy to say, are you coming, Jesus? My goal has never been to try and describe to you the events of our world and how they play out in this moment because honestly, I just don't know. Uh, I'm not that smart. <laughs> But I feel like I'm in pretty good company because Jesus said while he was here that he didn't 
But no one knew the time or the hour, not even him. And only God the Father knew the time and hour of Jesus' return. But we must acknowledge what's taking place in Israel the past two weeks. Uh, the past, over the past week, began last weekend. Um, and that is the, this terrible attack. And so you may be wondering, you know, what, what does this mean? And I don't know, I don't have the answer. But what I know is that it's easy for us when things like that happen to say, Jesus, are you coming? Are you the coming one? When are you coming? When will you set things right? When will you vindicate us? When will you rescue us? But I want to remind you, as Jesus reminded John the Baptist, Jesus is the coming one. And there will come a day when all this will be over, when he will be exalted above all, and we will worship at his feet. He is coming, and he is the coming one, and when he comes, he wins. And that's what we're going to look at today in Revelation chapter 19, beginning in verse 11. If you're able, would you stand for the honor to honor God's word? Then I saw heaven open, and there was a white horse. Its rider is called Faithful and True. And he judges and makes war with justice. His eyes were like a fiery flame, and many crowns were on his head. He had a name written that no one knows except himself. He wore a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. The armies that were in heaven followed him on white horses wearing pure white linen. A sharp sword came from his mouth so that he might strike the nations with it. He will rule them with an iron rod. He will also trample the winepress of the fierce anger of God, the Almighty. And he has a name written on his robe and on his thigh, King of kings and Lord of lords. And then I saw an angel standing in the sun and he called out in a loud voice saying to all the birds flying overhead, Come gather together for the great supper of God, so that you may eat the flesh of kings, the flesh of military commanders, and the flesh of the mighty, and the flesh of horses, and their riders, and the flesh of everyone, both free and slave, small and great. Then I saw the beast, the king of the earth, the kings of the earth, and their armies gathered together to wage war against the rider on the horse and against his army. But the beast was taken prisoner, along with it the false prophet, who had performed the signs of the presence. He deceived those who accepted the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image with these signs. Both of them were thrown alive into the lake of fire that burns with sulfur. The rest were killed with a sword that came from the mouth of the rider on the horse. And all the birds ate their fill of their flesh. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. What we see in this passage is that Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming, and when he comes, he will conquer. When he comes, he will rule and reign with no question, with no impunity that he will come, and he will be so clearly king of kings and lord of lords. 
when Jesus comes again, we will know it. We ask the question, Lord, are you coming? We wonder about things going on in the Middle East. We wonder about our own nation. We wonder about the things around us. And it can be like John was in that prison cell, awaiting his own surmise, awaiting his own death. And it's like, Lord, what are you doing here? We don't understand it. Lord, why are you waiting? Why are you tarrying? What is left to do? And we may wonder, God, are you coming? Jesus, are you coming? And friends, he is. And can I say that he tarries because there's more people like you and me who once were lost and were found by Jesus. There are more people to take Bibles to so that they can read it. And like this woman, D that, that, uh, that Ernie mentioned, can believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be counted among the people in the Lord's army, can be counted among the people who are in the throngs of people trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ. But he is coming and there will come a day when he will reign forever on high, and he is the King of kings, the Lord of lords. Jesus wins. That's the title of the message today. Jesus wins. He will win. He has won, and he will win again. And he's currently winning because people are coming to faith in Christ every day because of faithful followers of Jesus Christ taking the name of Christ into their circles of influence and taking the name of Christ, the word of God, into the hardest reach places. And there are more people to trust in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, yes, Jesus will come, but until he does, we have work that needs to occupy our time. I want to inject courage into your hearts today and because I think this passage does that. I think that this passage gives us hope. It gives us assurance. It gives us, it gives us courage to face tomorrow and the day after that and the day after that. It gives us courage to walk in this life in which we live. It gives us courage to continue to follow Christ and live our lives for Him. And so I pray that these the points of this passage, that what, what God has given us here, it will bring courage to our lives. Now, I want to be up front. You may already see this with your bulletin. There are seven points. And uh, I, I hope you don't... I got ten minutes, so I hope you know that uh, we're going to try to get through that as quickly as possible. All right, you hang on with me, because each of these are in this text, and I think they're so important for our own lives and the courage that we need to face the days ahead of us number one jesus wins because he is faithful and true john sees another vision that's what it says and then i saw heaven open and you see this happening throughout the book of revelation john says i saw heaven open i saw heaven open and each time it indicates this new revelation this new vision this new thing that was being revealed to him and in this moment heaven is opened in up and this time there is not a slain lamb there at the uh, at the for john to see it is not the the lamb it is a rider on a white horse it is jesus high and exalted it's jesus lifted high and he is in his rightful place of lord and he is majestic it's the same jesus we've seen in other visions but in this moment, we see Jesus in all of his glory, ready to conquer, 
And in this passage, in this moment, it says he's, this rider on this white horse is called Faithful and True. Friends, Jesus will win because he said he would win. He's faithful to his word, and what he says always come to bear, comes to bear. In his time, Jesus will come, and he will conquer. When all who will come to him, come to him, and in every nation, tribe, and tongue are represented in the throngs of heaven, Jesus will come in power and glory, and we will know it. We won't have to question. We won't have to wonder. We will know that he is here and he has come because he's faithful and he's true. You can trust in this rider on this white horse. You can know that what he says is true and faithful and it will accomplish what it meant to accomplish. Second point is Jesus wins because he sees all. It says his eyes were fiery eyes. They were lit a flame. This imagery, we've seen it before earlier in Revelation. It's this imagery we realize is that it is a way for the writer here to describe the fact that Jesus Christ can see all things. You and I understand this is the omniscience of God, the omnipotence of God, that God, that Jesus Christ knows all things, that he, he, there is nothing that he does not know. But I love this imagery because it helps us to see that his eyes pierce in not only to the physical, but pierce into our hearts. Jesus is faithful and true because Jesus sees all things knows all things and nothing escapes the gaze of King Jesus not only does he see what is physical and visible to you and I but he sees what's in the depths of a person's heart and soul some may read these passages in Revelation and determine that they are harsh but what you must realize and I must realize is that Jesus sees what is truly there, he judges it rightly and fairly. He sees what you and I cannot. And when he comes in power to win and to conquer, he will judge rightly and fairly because he sees all. Jesus wins because he's faithful and true. Jesus wins because he sees all. Third point is that Jesus wins because he is always victorious passage says that he has diadems on his head he wears crowns that's what that means he's crowned with many crowns and the crowns that he is wearing these diadems were were crowns that were given to victors in battle and the fact that Jesus wears these crowns signifies and shows us that he has won before and he will win again the crowns upon his head shows us that he is victorious. He has been victorious time and time again, and he will be victorious once more. Jesus was able to accomplish everything he set out to do. Now, there may be times in our view, from our perspective, from our point of view, where we think it don't seem like that. 
But Jesus sees all and wears the crowns to prove he has always conquered and he will again conquer. And in, and in him we too find our victory. You want to have victory in the life to come? You better look to Jesus. You want to have victory over the things in your life today? You better look to Jesus because he is victorious and in him is where we conquer also. The fourth thing, again, I'm trying to get this through in just a few minutes, so bear with me. The fourth thing is that Jesus wins because there is more to him than we realize. It says that he has a name that no one else knows except for him. Well, what does that mean? What does it mean that he has a name that no one else means? Well, it's helpful for us to understand that this was a way for us to, for people to acknowledge that they held on to something that no one else could know. What it's signifying and helping us to see is that in a figurative way, Jesus has ultimate authority over all things. To know someone's name was to have power over them. And because no one else knows this name that Jesus has and only he knows, it's showing us that he has all authority and all power. No one's got anything on him. Deuteronomy 29, 29 says, The secret things of the Lord are, are hidden they remain secret. They belong to him. And in this moment, Jesus holds on to this thing to acknowledge and to help us to see his authority. We should already know that because in Matthew chapter 28, he tells his followers, his disciples, he says, all authority has been given to me. And then he tells them to go and make disciples in his name, his powerful name. See, Jesus has been winning all along because he has sacrificed himself and because he is above all things and he has all power that brings us to our fifth point that says that we understand that Jesus wins because he died on the cross it said the robe that this writer has is dipped in blood this was to signify that Jesus, the writer, wins because he went to the cross for you, for me. It's not just something that was given to him. It was something he earned with his own blood, with his own life. He gave his life to earn the authority, to earn the moment in this time, to hold the keys to hell in his hand, to ride this triumphant, majestic horse, to be able to be called King of kings and Lord of lords is because he was willing to go to the cross for you and for me. There is no forgiveness of sin without the shedding of blood, Scripture tells us. And Jesus walks around displaying his spilled blood on the cross as a badge declaring it. He is worthy and he is powerful and he's already won and it will be finalized one day. Friends, Jesus died for you and for me so that we could believe on him and be counted among those who are forgiven by him and who are with him in this moment, in this heavenly scene. It's the blood of Jesus. It's the blood of Jesus that he wears for you 
and for me. If you don't know Jesus Christ today, why wait one more second to trust in your own righteousness and your failed attempts when Jesus has purchased by his blood the opportunity for your sins to be forgiven and atoned for? I pray that you would trust on the Lord Jesus Christ even today. He wins because he died on the cross. Jesus wins because he is the word of God. The next verse gives us one of his names, word of God. He's the revelation of God Almighty. He is the invisible made visible to you and I. It's Jesus who reveals to us the Godhead, Father, Son, and Spirit. Jesus has made God noble to you and I. And not only following an invisible deity in his list of rules as the Israelites messed up on so many times. No, this God is knowable because Jesus is the Word made flesh. He dwelt among us and now the Spirit dwells in us. And the Spirit of God takes the Word of God and he illuminates our souls. Jesus wins because he is the revealed word of God. The final point is that Jesus wins because he is king of kings and lord of lords. Jesus is the real deal. He's king over all kings. He's lord over all lords. He's king of the universe, and I pray that he's king of your heart. Because there is coming a day when Jesus will exercise his rightful authority, his rightful place, and he will come because he is com the coming one. And when he comes in this way, this time, he will win. And it may be too late if you don't know the Lord as your Savior. That gets us to verse... 16 and verse 17 through 21 help us to see how he wins the battle with the sword of his word going out to accomplish what he meant for it to do. Friends, Jesus will win. And I pray that gives you courage, but it also, I pray that it convicts you. Because it's, it's, there is no time for you and I to play at this thing. You and I must trust in the Lord Jesus Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection. And we must realize that he is king of kings and lord of lords, whether we want him to be or not. And we must commit our lives to him. Let's pray. Lord, help us. Help us to recognize and to realize that you are victorious and this day Lord you will be victorious this day that Revelation 19 describes and so God would you work in our lives to help us realize that today help us to respond to that accordingly trusting you it's in your name we pray. Amen. Would you stand? As you stand, we're going to sing.
If God is working in your life, now's the time. You can come up here. I'd love to share with you, pray with you in any way. But just because that may not be comfortable to you, we've got some folks who are willing to speak with you at the end of the service and either uh, right out this door or right out the other door at our next steps table. If you have any questions, any things you want to take a next step with, net group, getting more involved in the church. Anyway, you visit them as well. But we invite you to respond to the Lord in this moment as we sing.